This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello everybody, welcome back to The Listening Room. My name's Ken Young. For the next hour or so, we're uh, going to have some pretty good music to listen to. It actually is kind of a special programme, this one. I've got a, a good friend and colleague here with me. His name's Steve Garden, and he is all things Rattle Records in Auckland. And he's uh, down visiting his mother this week, and so I've got him into the studio, and we're going to have a bit of a chat while we play you some music from some of the Rattle releases, which Steve and I have worked in over the years or so. Hi, Steve. Howdy. How are you, Ken? All good. All good. Oh, look, quick, quick, actually, you're a Dunedin boy. Tell us about that. When did you... What, you yeah, Dunedin. Uh, yeah, home. And went to school here, Kakra Valley. Yay. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I don't get the chance to come down as often as I'd like to, but it's I still think of Dunedin as home. I mean, Auckland is where I live and work, but, um, yeah, I could happily come down here at the drop of a hat, you know. It's uh, it's a great oh, great I'll, part of the country. I'll just have to keep getting you down here to work with us. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, what we're going to do is we've got a handful of Rattle releases that you and I have worked on over the years, and we're going to go in chronological order. And unfortunately, that means that you're going to hear some of my music first. It's a piece I wrote out of uh, for Michael Houston, actually, out of five pieces for piano. And it's uh, it's called Dancing Alone. I'm going to play it for you right now.
There was a piece called Dancing Alone, written by yours truly, and it comes from a set of five pieces which I wrote for Michael Houston way, way back earlier this century. And that was the first um, uh, sort of project that Steve and I worked on together, uh, 2007, a double album called Inland, where Michael simply performed and recorded New Zealand music by a variety of composers. Steve, Rattle is 30 years old this year. How did it first start out? Yes, so, well... um from the mid-80s, I was working in a little studio um, called Progressive at the bottom end of Anzac Ave in Auckland with Tim Gummer. He and I ran this little little studio, and um, around 1990, uh, I was working with From Scratch on some recordings, and he was working with Gitbox Rebellion. Uh, he was in the band, in fact. And uh, one afternoon, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, Keith... Uh, Yep, Keith Hill, and lamenting the fact that there was no label in the country for albums like these albums that we were recording, and that From Scratch and uh, Gitbox Rebellion would probably put it out on Ode or, you know, whoever. And just on a whim, we thought, well, why don't we set up a label and we'll use Pesky Digits and Songs for Heroes is our first two releases, and so that's exactly what we did. Keith had just come into a wee bit of money from, a, I think, a inheritance or something, 10 grand, I think it was, and he put that in as seed money for the company to get it going. I think it took us about 20 years to pay him back, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, that was that. We, we released Pesky Digits in July 91, and from scratch, um, Songs for Heroes in September that year, hmm. and we were off. What was your background as a musician? Uh, I'd, I had been playing drums since I was at school, since you know, I was 13 or 14, and um, and I went on the road in my late teens, playing with various bands. Rough Justice was the first you know, band I went on the road with. And, you know, people, and then I got into session work, and uh, I lived in Wellington from the mid-70s, say, through to early 80s, and during that time I did a lot of session work, radio, radio programs and things, and... Um, 
and that's when I got interested in the studio, watching engineers do what they do and listening to how they recorded me and other people. And and I just loved it. I just loved the studio. And I went out and bought a four-track tape recorder and started, you know, mucking about, as you do. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then I met Tim, Tim Gummer, when I moved to Auckland, which would have been about 81, 82, somewhere around there. We, we met up and we set up a... Um, a little demo studio. He had a, he had a you know mixing console, and I had a, my four track, and then we chipped in and bought an eight track, sold the four track to Chris Knox, <laughs> nice, uh, who went on and did all sorts of hits on it. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, so Quite. yeah, that's how, that's how that all kind of got started. And Tim and I worked together all through the eighties, you know, um, as engineers, and you know, and it was just a natural fit for the two of us to move into the label with with Keith, you know. Nice. Good so, story. Yeah. It's a good story. 30 years later, eh? Boy. Yeah. I mean, look, Keith and Tim were part of the thing until 2009, 2010, thereabouts. And then both of them left to do other things. And at that point, I, I wasn't sure whether I'd keep keep the label going or not. And we we only had about 20 releases out. I mean, we did one album a year, believe it or not. How many got now? 160. I mean, the last year I've averaged 14 albums a year. You know? Wow. So yeah. the catalogs just went berserk. But I figured, look, if I'm going to have this thing, let's make it work, yeah. you know? And uh, and I don't regret it. I mean, Rattle is now, I think, quite a an essential part of New Zealand music culture. Oh, there's know? no doubt about that, mate. Mm. There's no doubt about that. Let's move on and, and do another thing that you and I worked on with Michael Houston, um, who... Uh, decided to record some Douglas Lilburn piano music and so we, we chose a rather splendid selection. It's an album I'm particularly pleased and proud of. Um, well, this was your baby, wasn't it? This, this is my one baby, really yeah, yeah. I talked him into doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, there's three pieces by Douglas called Three Sea Changes. I'm going to play the first of those for you as played by Michael Houston.
That was Michael Houston once more playing the first of the three sea changes by Douglas Lilburn. Wonderful music. Um, Steve, um, what was the initial vision for the label, Rattle? Rattle. Um, well, of course, as I said earlier, we, 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 we um, were inspired by the, by the idea that uh, a label such as, Rattle, uh, uh, such as Rattle didn't exist. I mean, there was, there was no, if you like, art music label in New Zealand. And uh, I mean, we were very influenced, the three of us, um, Tim and uh, Keith and I, um, by the European label ECM, Manfred Eicher's, you know, at, at that time, largely a jazz label, but then he got into the sort of new series uh, releases, which, you know, was specifically contemporary classical, you know, and um, Tim and I weren't really classically focused. We were much more into jazz and experimental music, and so I mean, working with From Scratch was a natural fit for me because I, you know, that's that's the sort of thing that I was really interested in. Whereas um, Keith was a little bit more uh, aware of what was going on in the classical scene here in New Zealand. And uh, in 1993, actually, we started working on our third album, Rattle's third album, which was different tracks. And the point of it was. Uh, a sort of sampler, a kind of a manifesto, if you, if you like. And we worked with Eve and we worked with Peter, Peter Scholes and we worked with uh, John, John Sathis and um, you know, various people. And we had this v- real sort of mixture of an album. Um, it had you know, Peter Hayter on it and it had, uh, crucially, uh, Richard Nunns and Hedy Melvin on it. Well, that was another thing. I mean, you've embraced on Rattle uh, a huge array of Tongle Porto yeah. uh, output. Yeah. These amazing musicians like Richard Nunns and Hoddle and people like that. Yeah. Well, we, we saw the label primarily as an instrumental label, and it was a genre-free label. It wasn't about jazz or classical. In fact, you know, Tim and I wanted it to be a jazz label in a way. That was our interest. But but we thought, no, it's, it has to be instrumental music. You know, that was the thing. And it has to be of an artful, um, you know, kind of bent. And uh, when I, I, I was working with Midge Marsden, actually, in 1990, I think it was, and I... I was working on an album with him, and I went into the studio early one one morning, and uh, Richard Nunns and Hilary Melbourne were in the studio doing a um, um, a film score, and with all their tango porto, and I had never heard this these instruments before, and I got talking to Richard, and um, I took the the very track that they were working on for the film, I took back to uh, Tim and Keith and said, "Listen to this. This should be on our album," and it went on the album, and as a result of that, we got funding to do. To Coup de Fay, which is our fourth album, and that was the, the first of a whole series of Tango Porto recordings we did with those guys, you know. And so, yeah. Fantastic. Well, the biggest project that you and I have worked on was back in, well, it was released in 2014. It was an 18 month project with Michael Houston once again, uh, recording all 32 Beethoven piano sonatas, which he toured the country with. And uh, there was a different. We well, you produced them in a, in a way which was different from perhaps other uh, complete recordings of the Beethoven uh, sonatas have gone. Could just explain how we approached that program-wise. We put them in. We had them in, uh, uh, on the discs and program. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, we we basically followed uh, the concert program that Michael devised. Yeah. You know, he he didn't want to do them chronologically. He he had a certain sense of how these pieces uh, spoke to each other. Or complemented each other. Complemented each other, very much so. Yeah. So, so, and I was really keen to 
follow that concert order on the album. I thought it made the album basically a series of concerts, um, mm. you know, two disc, seven two disc concerts basically. Yeah, and it it was a great way to. I think you find that I've, I've known quite a few people who listen to it that way too. They can yeah. pour themselves a glass of wine, sit down, listen to a concert. It's very cool. Yeah, people have said to me, you know, concert four is my favourite. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fantastic. Well, so, let's listen know. to something off, off that amazing fourteen disc collection. Um, we're going to just have a listen to the brief, but rather splendid uh, Rondo Allegro third movement of the Sonata Number no. Eight in C Minor, subtitled "The Pathetic," as performed by Michael Houston.
bang. That was uh, the third and final movement of the Sonata Number no. 8 in C minor, the Pathetique, Opus 13 by Beethoven, played by Michael Houston from the wonderful collection that Steve and I managed to work on with him for 18 months of the, all the 32 Beethoven piano sonatas available on Rattle Records. I yeah. have Mr. Steve Gardner, who's all things Rattle Records, with me in the studio today. Um, We've also worked with some younger artists, Steve, and in particular one CD that comes to mind, which I'm going to play a track of soon, by young Lishan Shang from Christchurch. Is there a, do you like the idea of recording younger artists before they become well-known? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 I can't say I, I specifically think that way. I mean, it's, it's fine to do that if they're good. Um, and well, this, he certainly is. Oh, he certainly is. I mean, this is a project that came to us out of the blue. I think Jack, um, Jack Richards, in fact, was uh, wanting to uh, support Leeshin, um, well, was supporting, is still, I think, supporting Leeshin. And part of that support was to um, give him an opportunity to record. And at the age that he recorded, I mean, for many people, that would be too too young to do, you know, to go he was 16, for God's sake. I know, but he had so much talent, so oh. many... I mean, his chops are great, and as you can hear on the album, you know, there's, for his age, there's there's a there's a lot of musicality there. So, um, no, I'm I'm very proud of the album actually. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm so happy we did it, and I hope that when Leeshin uh, gets to do his next one, we get to do it. We with get him. to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the album is actually just simply called Play. Leeshin mm-hmm. Shang. We're going to play a track on it. Um, piece written by a uh, Russian composer, Mikhail Glinka, and it was originally written for voice and piano in 1840, but it was then arranged for piano by Glinka's protege, Mili Balakarev, in 1864. Let's have a listen to Lishin Shang.
gorgeous piece. That was the, uh, it's called The Lark, by the Russian composer Mikhail Glinka, and it was arranged uh, for piano by Mili Belakarev, another well-known Russian composer, and performed for us there by the then, in 2018, 16-year-old Christchurch pianist Li Shin Shang. Steve, um, because you, you just could describe Rattle, as you often have, as a, a genre-defying uh, record label, the vision would seem to have changed in the last 30 years. Where do you see it heading? Mm. Well, you know, has it changed? I'm, I'm not sure that it has or if it's just um, come into its own in a, in a way. Like, we started with the idea that it would be, as I said earlier, an instrumental art music label, and that's what it still is. And what that means uh, to me is that we can embrace whatever we want to embrace if we wish. It's interesting you use the term art music because a lot of people out there might think of art music as just being merely classical and nothing else. But, of yeah. course, that is not the case. No, no. I mean, I think any music that is made beyond, if you like, the confines and the limitations of the mainstream and commercial imperatives, if, I mean, the moment you start thinking in terms of making money from the work that you do, then you're entering into a sort of a commercial relationship with your with your discipline, if you like. Whereas uh, if you're not concerned about the financial benefits, I mean, you've got to take money seriously, of course, but if your motivation is the work um, and you're not concerned whether, you know, the album or the piece of music makes any money for you, then ostensibly you're making art for art's sake, I suppose. And for me, that's what Rattle's all about. It really is. And it continues to be. In fact, I mean, last year we released an album by uh, the Dunedin Fellow um, from uh, the Builders, uh, Builderine. And, uh, you know, Bill's a, Bill's a songwriter, but he's a songwriter, but he's a poet. And, of course, um, his approach to music is very unique and very different. And that album, Ferocious, um, is not an instrumental album. Um, but it's an art <coughs> music album. And after releasing that album, which was a bit of a step, you know, in a sort of another direction for Rattle, it occurred to me that we don't need to be limited by, uh, you know, the notion of instrumental either. So this year I'm going to be putting out albums by singer-songwriters, but they're going to be singer-songwriter albums that are very artful and are made for purposes of creating art, you know? It's mm, wonderful. <laughs> That's the way to go. Yeah. That's the way to go. The next project you, know, you and I worked on together was in 2019 with the wonderful Bulgarian violinist Belhistrova, who toured New Zealand performing all ten of Beethoven's violin sonatas. And I'd, I'd, I think we should play a track off that. Hey, um, the one I'm going to play you actually is uh, it's the third movement, it's the scherzo from the seventh sonata in C minor, opus 30, number two. And so we're going to have a listen to that now. This is Bell Hestrove, a wonderful Bulgarian violinist, and once again, Michael Houston.
very much C major. That's the third movement of the violin sonata number seven in C minor, opus 30, number two, by Ludwig van Beethoven, played by the wonderful Bulgarian violinist Balahistova and our own Michael Houston. I've got Steve Garden from Rattle Records here with me in the studio. Good, good friend and really excellent colleague to have. We've loved working with each other for a number of years now on various projects. And we're going to hear a track from one of those again in a minute. But I want to ask you, Steve, about the fact that it seems that a lot of uh, composers and musicians from overseas are becoming interested in Rattle too. We have heard a lot about them and want to record with you. Tell us about that. Yeah, some. I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, they're sort of uh, kind of banging at the door um, in probes, but um, we have had a couple of, uh, you know, international artists contact us, particularly in recent years. Um, and it, it pretty much is on the back, I think, of the work we did with Tanya Giannulli. She's a, uh, a Greek pianist, um, classically trained, was all set for a classical career, but then she discovered improvisation and jazz, and she's gone down a sort of a different road. Um, while most people would recognise what she does as jazz, it, it's actually a lot broader than that. Um, we've done four albums with her. Um, the first one was an improvised album with um, a Portuguese reed player, um, Paulo Chagas. Um, and that, that was an entirely improvised album, and it's quite quite beautiful, I think. The next one was a series of compositions um, that she did with an ensemble called Transcendence. And uh, the third album was an, was an album that she, that I encouraged her to do with um, our own uh, Taonga um, Porto player, uh, Rob Thorne, because he was, um, he was over there. And I said to Rob, you've got to get in touch with Tanya, and... Uh, they managed to get together and get into the studio for two days and they just improvised for two days. And then they sent me the recordings and out of that I structured the album Rewa, which has become, I think in some ways, our most reviewed and most acclaimed album. Wow. Um, it's done very well and um, on the back of that we released a fourth album with Tanya just last year called In Fading Light, which is, uh, it features her on piano, um, a trumpet player and an oud player. It's a very unusual combination. Half of the album is composed and the other half is improvised. Now that album is getting fantastic reviews and uh, as a result of that we've been approached by a number of Greek <laughs> uh, composers and performers but also people from other parts of the world as well who because of in fading light are now aware of rattle so cool. my hope is that i mean i don't necessarily want to um start doing a lot of albums with people in other parts of the world because the workload as it is is enough quite frankly but mm. but i do like the idea of um connecting with uh you know audiences in other parts of the world and i think that working from time to time with uh, strong and active and conscientious artists uh, from other parts of the world would be very good for Rattle. Well, just, I mean, the fact that streaming allows us to yeah. share the music with so many people around the world too, that's yes. it's just wonderful. Yes, right. There was a, a project that um, we did back in, well, also in t 2019 with um, the APOs, the Auckland Philharmonic Orchestra's uh, concertmaster, Andrew Beer. 
and the absolutely wonderful Auckland-based pianist Sarah Watkins, and they decided they'd like to do an album of uh, works for violin and piano um, by New Zealand composers, and it's called Eleven Frames, and it's a r- I'm very proud of this album. Uh, mm, me too. I think you are as well. Yes. I'd like to play a track from it uh, by the young Auckland composer Josiah Carr, and uh, it's called Dance, and uh, I'm just going to read from the notes. Uh, it says, The dance between darkness and light will always remain. The stars and the moon will always need the darkness to be seen. The darkness will just not be worth having without the moon and the stars. This piece was actually written with the commissioning support from Professor Jack C. Richards, who also helped Lee Shin Shang with his album. So anyway, let's have a listen to this piece played by Sarah Watkins and Andrew Beer by Josiah Carr, and it's called Dance.
Such an evocative piece. That's a really good piece by the young uh, Auckland composer, conductor and performer Josiah Carr. It's simply called Dance. And it was played for us off a release by Rattle called Eleven Frames. Uh, Eleven pieces of music by New Zealand composers for violin and piano. Performed brilliantly there, I thought, by the APO's, uh, sorry, Auckland Philharmonia Orchestra's mm, concertmaster. His name is Andrew Beer. And the exceptional Auckland-based pianist, Sarah Watkins. I've got Steve Garden here with me in the studio, Mr. Rattle Records. And Steve, look, after 30 years of running the show, or being part of it at least, um, your tastes must have broadened somewhat. Um, I know mine have. So tell me, uh, are there any specific projects that stand out for you as being favourites? Yeah, well, I mean, it would be a lot easier to name the one or two that perhaps I, I... I wasn't sure about putting out, you know, but there was, like I say, just about, I mean, every album we've put out has been an album that I've been completely committed to, you know, I wanted it on Rattle, um, and that's that's a good rule of thumb, I think, if you, if you want to put an album out, then, you know, you're going to do the best for it, and, you know, you, I mean, that kind of confidence is great, but, I mean, look, Rewa is an album that is very dear to me, because... I put a lot of effort into it, and 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 the reviews have been fantastic. So, I mean, that was a real affirmation. Um, I, an early album with Richard Nunns and Judy Bailey, Tohono Hono, back in two thousand and three. I have a soft spot for because 
that album, again, a bit like Rewa, was an album where Richard and Judy just improvised, basically, for four or five days. I don't know how they managed it, but they, they just went into the um, Adam concert room and uh, we set the piano up in the middle of the room and, um, you know, Richard would play inside the piano and under the piano and, you know, you name it, he did it. And I recorded it all, I mean, hours of stuff, you know, hours of stuff. And I went through it over, it took me a year, but by the time I was done, I had what I thought was a really sweet little album and... Uh, and so I, you know, got a soft spot. I mean, you, you know, the Youth of Olympus. I mean, yeah, you know, massive. Um, the Beethoven box set, um, just incredible. Um, you know, to do those projects took some doing, um, took some commitment, and I'm just so proud of them. You know, but um, you know, some of the stuff that we've been doing recently. Um, there's a young um, uh, sound designer composer uh, called Jack Woodbury, and we put out an album of his called Inst. 1920 and um, it's a very unusual album it's hard to describe but I, I, I just love it I love that he's doing this very challenging album in some ways um, there are a couple of people in Wellington um, Neil Johnson Johnston sorry and Sam Leamy guitar player and keyboard player who who are just making things up and sending each other sound files and then cutting and pasting and and then they send them to me and they say, do the same, uh, mix and match. You can take something from that piece and put it in that if you like, or if you don't like something, get rid of it. Or if you want to, you know, reverse something or slow it down, it's entirely up to you. And uh, Chalk Dogs was the result, and it's a fantastic album. So, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm interested in. Yeah. I think you'd be, you know, I think you'd be, to be commended for embracing all the, the relatively unknown artists that you have and I know that they're all really grateful to you so bravo mm. mate, bravo <laughs> just you. a quick uh, bit of guitar music Professor John Ritchie was my old professor at University of Canterbury I'm just going to play you a little snippet of a uh, guitar piece that he wrote it's called Album Leaves <laughs> Just a little snippet from uh, Album Leaves by John Ritchie, uh, played by the wonderful Matthew Marshall of an album entitled Fragments, all New Zealand music for guitar. Just before we go, Steve, just a quick mention of Rattle Echo. Rattle Echo, well, that, that album, that, um, that piece of music that you've just played is, is uh, one of the first of the Rattle Echo series. And Rattle Echo is basically set up uh, as... Um, 
a stream, if you like, for albums that were recorded and produced some years ago, but that have either never been released or have been forgotten or were never um, uh, never released digitally. And uh, you know, albums that I personally think ought to see the light of day, uh, and uh, you know, kind of need to be, you know, championed in some way. Uh, so you know, Echo is going to hopefully develop into quite a significant stream of uh, New Zealand heritage art, art music, I'd like to think. Thanks, mate. Just a quick thing before we go. The latest release from Rattle, and one that you and I worked on together, uh, John Ritchie's son, Anthony Ritchie, a local professor of music here at the Otago University, uh, <laughs> University of Otago, his Fifth Symphony, which I re- conducted uh, with the Symphony Orchestra last year, and we have just released it a few days ago. It's out there. I'm going to Get be able to play about the first 30 seconds of the second movement. Let's have a listen to that. Just a little teaser of Symphony Number no. 5, subtitled Childhood by Anthony Ritchie, featuring the Christchurch Symphony Orchestra, conducted by yours truly and released just this week on Rattle Records. Steve Garden, thank you very much for joining me today. My pleasure. It's, thank you. It's uh, been wonderful having a chat, and I hope people are a little bit more aware now of... Uh, of what? the wonderful Rattle Records. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Rattle Records, indeed. So thank you for joining us, everybody. It's lovely to have your company. I hope we uh, get to join each other this time next week, same time next week, here in the listening room. The School of Performing Arts is the creative heart of Otago University. We pursue our passions as performers, actors, composers, songwriters, directors, music producers and dancers. Studying music, theatre or dance enriches any student's experience and opens the door to lifelong enjoyment. If you want to learn how to express yourself and communicate with others, work in a team, solve problems and think creatively, then come study with us. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.